Hello and welcome to the Controller Talk Podcast, presented by Danfoss North America. Our goal is to bring you information about using Danfoss controls in the supermarket and warehouse industry, specifically in the U.S. and Canada. We're doing these twice a month for now. You can catch these podcasts wherever you get your podcast, and it's also available through the Danfoss Ref Tools app. For the video version, check us out on the Danfoss North America YouTube page. Search for Controller Talk to see our video collection. I'm Dave Yoder, along with Chris Brown. Hey, Chris, uh, I see you got your wish. The Ravens have a new offensive coordinator. We do. Yeah. Now we've got to keep the quarterback around and make it worthwhile. Oh, well, quarterbacks are a dime a dozen. <laughs> yeah. Colleges put those out every year, so you're fine. But yes, we are moving in the right direction. Okay. I'm sure you're happy about that. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. And your Maryland Terrapins in basketball have 18 or 19 wins now? One of those was against a certain team from Pennsylvania last oh, weekend, if I remember correctly. All right, moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you know, Chris, uh, sometimes you got to dive right into these topics uh, that we hear about, and some people want to know more about them, and they're not sure where to start. So um, we have avoided this topic for almost a year now, but we're taking it on. Uh, time to yeah. rip the Band-Aid off. Right? That's right. We're going to grab the bull by the tail, I think, on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're here talking about everyone's favorite topic, and that is calculations. So we're going to break this into two parts. Today will be the first part, and uh, we're going to kind of lay the framework and lay the groundwork for that. And then next time around, we're going to get into some examples and try to get people up to speed a little bit on these. And we've talked about this a little bit, but I think long-term we'll plan on backing this all up with some other resources to help guys out, whether it's documents, videos, what have you. So it's not a yep. two podcasts and then we're done sort of thing. We, <laughs> right. we, we know what this all entails. Right. Yeah. And there are some videos out there already. Yeah. Um, I think you can follow along on the screens as people build calculations, but uh Yeah. It's kind of like changing a diaper. You got to get right in there and do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. As we'll see here, it's just so many different things. It's a whole can of worms that gets opened up here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A lot to cover to, to try to do it this way. Okay. Yep. So calculations can really help you out once you figure out what you can do with them, um, how to build them and what they're good for. Uh, they are very flexible and they can be very simple or very complex. So I've heard people say to me, and, and they kind of quote that, I just haven't figured out calculations. Well, we're going to change that. If we can just reach one person, this will all be worthwhile, Chris. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so the calculation can fill the gap when you need something from the controller that's not already provided. Uh, so the, the two most common reasons I see to build a calculation is one, to copy an input. And secondly, would be to get a calculation to make a decision for you. And then after that calculation is built, you can use it elsewhere in the controller as an input, or you can allow it to uh, handle an alarm, or you can drive a relay or a variable output signal with it. Yep. So a couple simple rules to kind of get us kick-started here. Uh, number one would be that inputs cannot be used more than once in our program. So if you've got a sensor and you want to set it up a second time, you've got to use a, a calculation to clone that sensor. Same thing with the digital input, but you cannot take a physical point and assign it multiple times in the program. Um, if you want to use it five times, something like a zone sensor, then you're going to have to assign it once physically and then clone it four times. Right. Um, so you can only use each calculation once as well. Uh, number two, you need to know what you're trying to accomplish before you even begin building the calculation. So do you want it to, the calc to be used as 
sensor reading? Do you want it to turn something on and off? Um, because the first option you're going to see when you set this thing up is what is your type? And that type is basically saying, I want to use this calculation as a sensor input or as a re or as a digital control for a relay. And if you don't set that properly, you're not even going to have it as an option to choose in the setup later on when you go to assign the calculation. Um, you're going to have to factor a couple of different things into the, the decision of how you're building the calc and um, what has higher priority, because when you get down to the bottom half of the calculation, when you start to see these things yourself, um, the calc actually goes in order of deciding whether to turn the calculation state on or off based on what's listed first versus last in order. Uh, if it is an on-off calculation to, like we said, turn a relay or something along those lines on and off, um, you'll need to tell the calculation what to do if none of the items that, that you have for your conditions are true. So kind of like an if-else statement for guys that are familiar with, with that term. Oh, that's right. Um, so if nothing else is true, then this, this true line says, okay, I'm going to default to either being in an on or off state. Sometimes we don't always use that if it's something that has like a cut in or a cut out setup and we don't yep. want to screw it up in the middle of those two conditions. But um, otherwise, yeah, true would be used as your else condition or your fail safe. Uh, number um, four here. So if you set up a calc, you're happy with it and you use it somewhere in the controller. And then six months, a year down the road, you say, you know what, I didn't want to use that calculation at all, or I don't need it anymore. Um, you can't just delete the calculation from the list if it's already been assigned in the program. Um, you're going to have to go back to where it was assigned. And we're talking about something board and points or addresses pages in the controller where you would have assigned it as a digital input or, or a sensor. You're going to have to get back into that section, delete it from there first from the assignment. And then you can go back into the calculation and delete it from the uh, from the calculations section itself by just clicking on the top line and you would see delete as an option there. Yep. So if it still sucks somewhere else, then um, you're not going to get that option to delete it. Yeah. If you don't see delete yeah. there, that's a yeah. really good sign that it's still assigned somewhere. Yep. And all that's by design. Yep. All right. So most calculations have points from the controller included in the calculation. Um, now, if that board happens to be offline and one of those points is in the calculation, then the calculation is going to go offline too. So you should expect that. And it's possible to pull an input from a case controller or a pack controller into a calculation so you can do something with it in the main controller. And to do that, you start in the configuration screen of the case controller, like for example, or... Um, once you're in there, you can get into the import SI or import OI tab and you select an input and give it a name that makes sense. And then when you get back into a calculation, then you can um, you can use that point. So the other point uh, to make is um, if you delete a point from the calculation, you'll need to kind of clean things up or you'll get an IOCOM error alarm on it because it knows it's supposed to look for a relay or sensor or something, and there's not one listed there. Yeah, it'll say error in there. Yep, yep exactly. that's right. Yep. Uh, so I, you've got plenty to work with. I mean, you have the option to set up 96 different calculations. So, I mean, unless you're trying to use the system manager as, as a, yeah, another version of a PLC, then yep. you, you've got way more than you should ever need in there, and you're fine. Right. Um, and then I, when, when we start getting into more advanced things with the calculation section, or if some guys are already there now, 
Um, like we said before, once you build a, an initial calculation, you can use that in another calculation and get a, a le level deeper. And so maybe it's we want to control a subcooler and we want to look at that subcooling temperature and we also want to see if compressors are running. Yep. So you could build one calc to look at if the compressors are running or not and then um, kind of loop that in with the, the second portion of looking at the, the temperature value itself. So, yeah, you can you can build calcs inside of calcs uh, in that way if you need to. Right. Um, so only do this if you need to and, and just in case your buddy has to follow the logic to figure out how it works. Yep. Okay. So I've got six steps here to building a worthwhile calculation. And um, first of all, you want to decide what you want it to do. And then secondly, decide what IO points are going to be needed. Yeah, I just the, the caveat there is you don't want to put what you're if you're controlling a relay with a calculation, you do not want to put that relay in the calc itself. That is true. That'll screw you up. That'll come back to bite you later. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that happen before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The controller doesn't let you create this loop that yep. loop of doom, you might call it. Exactly. Yep. So yeah, after you decide what IO points are needed, then you have to decide, are there any settings I need to put in here? Like it could be a specific temperature or pressure or percentage, or even just a number from zero to 10 or something like that. Um, and, um, Fourth item is that if you need a dead band for turning something on or off based on an analog value, typically, you can just choose the cut in cutout option when you start to build your calculation and it'll automatically assume that you need a sensor and you need two settings. Right. And then it'll um, let you choose how that works. Yep. Yeah, there's a style. You'll see when you guys eventually get into these, but style is a, a maybe this will be the second mm -hmm. podcast. I'm jumping the gun, but there's a style setting in the calc and, and that kind of gives you a template that you can work off of if it's something that's an option that's in there. Yep, that's right. So if you're uh, not sure you want to try to figure out all this when you're standing in a 90 degree compressor room and you have a laptop, you can use the AKA 65 software and the simulator option. And then you can go in there and you can set up your calculation from scratch and you can test it in different scenarios by changing inputs and outputs. And that's probably the best way, especially if you're starting out, to see what they can do and then practice with them and kind of learn that, okay, this isn't going to work, so I need to make a change here. And if you build uh, one and you have questions about it, and you're just not sure it's doing what you want, or you have a question about, hey, I think I need one more thing here to make this work, but I can't figure it out, just take a screenshot and email it to us at uh, controllertalknorthamerica at danfoss.com. And uh, one of us, probably me, <laughs> will be happy to uh, take a look at it. Um, and we'll get some worthwhile uh, viewer mail in there. Yep. Uh, so, so that's the basic framework for calculations. And um, there are basic building blocks in these. Uh, it's not real complicated, especially once you start looking at them. But in our next podcast, we're going to take on some examples of calculations. And um, for that one, it might be helpful to get to the YouTube page because we're going to probably put some examples up on the screen that'll be part of the recording. And then... Um, if you do see us on YouTube for the first time, just know that we don't spend a lot of time in hair and makeup. Speak so, for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As they say, viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, hey, um, how about a question for you? 
Let's Are you it. ready? Not okay. Sure, let's do it. Okay. So uh, in the calculation, we haven't really talked about this yet, but there's three main parts. There's sort of a top part where you sort of say, this is the basics of the calculation. Yeah. Then you've got a middle part where you define your inputs and outputs you're going to use and any kind of fixed numbers you're going to use. And you could even make some decisions in there. And then the bottom part is where you say, hey, this is where I want you to give priority to certain things. And this is where uh, I want you to s decide whether this thing is on or off or outputs a certain number or whatever. Yeah. So um, the calculation is kind of scalable. So you can add or subtract lines from it based on what kind of stuff you want to do. Yep. So in that middle part and the bottom part, how many lines can you squeeze in there? Are we talking, I don't even know if the number is different, but 255 versus 800? Let's, let's talk 255. 255. Yeah. How many can we squeeze in? Yeah, in the middle section and the bottom section. One should be affected by the other, if I remember correctly. Uh, true. So, yeah, between those two sections, you have a certain number of lines yeah. total. Uh, let's say 12. That is an excellent guess. Is it? Am I there? Yes, it's an even dozen. All right. That buys yep. me two months of getting questions wrong <laughs> on the podcast. Let's go. In your mind, yes. <laughs> the viewers won't be so gracious. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's 12 lines. So, And once you see those lines fill up, then that's it. You can't fit any more in there. That goes back to building a second calc to, to kind yeah. of loop it over. <laughs> yep, that's right. All right, I'm impressed. Whew. Wipe the sweat off the brow. <laughs> Better lucky than good sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I like this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So um, how about listener mail? So we heard from Bucky again, you know, our local guy, Bucky from Baltimore. Yeah. And he's uh, working on a system manager, 800A. We're going totally off topic here. Yep. And um, he's laying everything out and he thinks he's going to be out of nodes on the controller. So he wants to know how many nodes can I squeeze into an 800A uh, at this point. Uh, we're talking case controllers, uh, COM modules, all that stuff. Yeah, so the, the big thing that you're looking at is what we define as our generic types, which is our case controllers, pack controllers, if it's CO2, that sort of thing. And the the issue we'd always run into there, or the, the limitation was 120 um, generic devices. And so that's it's gone back and forth a little bit over the years, but essentially even for something like a 750, which is a multi-evaporation controller, each evaporator, each section counted as one towards that total. So yep. if you maxed out one 750, that counted as four towards the 120. Yep. Um, so that was, like I said, historically, that had always been the, the limit that we had to work with. And if you were going to surpass it, that meant you had to add in another system manager. Recently, with some of the, the enhancements we've had with um, opening up the second Modbus port and things like that in the system manager, we're now up to 170. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's expanded some beyond what we had before, but you're either looking at 120 or 170, depending on what specific model of the system manager you, you're using. Yeah, I think we're pretty comfortable saying 120. Yeah, for sure. So if you've got something like a 550A or a CC55, each one of those counts toward that 120. If you've got a 750, then like you said, you have to count the number of evaporators. Yep. Each evaporator counts toward the total. And then if you've got a COM module, each COM module counts toward the 120. Yep. And uh, yeah, we've seen it where people push it to 120 or right on that number. And as long as you got the right wire in there, 
it's all good. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, now that you can go above 120 to 170 in some cases, um, you have to really kind of take a deep dive into how it's going to be set up because some of those have to be on Modbus. Yep. You can't just do 170 com modules and say I'm good. It, it's not going to work that way. And all I mean, a lot of this is infrequent to begin with. I mean, we know yeah. most of the stores out there, it's one controller per rack, but yep. this is still something you can run into from time to time. Right, right. Okay. All right. So Bucky will be happy to hear that. <laughs> Hopefully his numbers are good. Yeah, right. All right. If you'd like to drop us an email with a suggestion for topics to cover or a question or comment, you can always email us at ControllerTalkNorthAmerica at DanFoss.com. Thanks for listening. Our studio and video engineer is Michael, don't call me Mike, Beckerman. Our audio engineer is Raul Garcia. And Maria is still holding this whole thing together. And the new guy is still Josh Tignall. Until next time, for Chris Brown, I'm Dave Yoder. Stay cool.